Hi, I'm Susanna Keith, founder and CEO of Hello Career Guru, Inc. We so appreciate your listening to our podcast. Hello Career Guru, Inc. is a company committed to helping all women advance professionally, no matter what age, background, income, or geography, or race. Hello Career Guru offers women one unifying platform for developing their personalized career game plan, which is powered by executive C-suite insights. For this episode of our Hello Career Guru Salon, we have mom, community volunteer, teacher, entrepreneur, and celebrity playroom designer, Carrie Bowen Poole, who I've had the honor of knowing many years. Her official title is Founder Smart Playrooms and co-founder Smart D2 Playrooms. Carrie, thanks so much for joining us. We are very excited to have a conversation with you about your incredible background. So happy to be here and to see the evolution of Hello Career Guru. So Carrie, why did you become a teacher? Well, I love that question because I know that so many of us as adults have had that one teacher in their lives that really made a difference for them. I really feel that teachers are such powerful role models and really can change students' lives and their perspectives and how they feel about themselves and also how they feel about learning. And for me, it was my fifth grade teacher that really forever changed my interest in learning and in my own self-confidence. And because of that experience that I had that year, I really wanted to be that teacher for other children who may need a social emotional boost or maybe just some inspiration kind of to be a lifelong learner. Carrie, that's fantastic. And one of the things I love about what you're doing is using the methodology of Montessori and Reggio Emilia. As an alum of Montessori and then a mother who used the method for all three children, I'm so fascinated. So please tell us, how did you evolve from a teacher, mom, and community volunteer to a playroom designer? Sure, I'll start off. I'll get into the Montessori sort of at the end, but really what happened was I had one of those incredible wake up in the middle of the night ideas and I was teaching actually preschool at that time. And I was thinking about changing my, what I was doing, which was teaching in the classroom, but I really wanted to use all of my experience as both a parent and also as a teacher and to try to figure out how I could use that, but not in the classroom. So I remember vividly, it was the spring of one year, I literally woke up in the middle of the night and Playroom Plus educational design just came right out. And I decided to quit my job that spring and to, and I called my business at first Playroom Plus educational design. I was going to keep that middle of the night idea. And my thought was, I'm going to help parents sort of create environments that are customized, customized to their children in their homes. And I'm going to use all my experience, which really was as a parent of young children, as well as my experience as an educator, knowing that I could kind of change what they did in that space just by how I set it up. So that was really my thought. And I did quit my job and I started and going back to the Montessori, it was interesting I first started off just organizing the toys. My whole thought was to, like Montessori, kind of Reggio, to create these environments where everything is inviting 
everything is accessible to them, everything is age appropriate, and really are customized to what the kids, what we want them to do are really what they're interested in. So I started off just by organization, I would take all the toys into a hump kind of in the middle of the room, and then weed out what I knew was age appropriate, what I thought was open ended, what I thought was broken. And from there, we made these different sort of piles. And then I created these environments the same way I would do in a classroom, thinking about what do we want our kids to play with? How do we get them engaged in the space? How do we get them to be independent? Maybe they're siblings, and maybe we want them to be cooperative or maybe they're on screens, so we want them to do X, Y, Z in the art area. And what I started to do was just to help parents solve problems with their kids and kind of think through what they wanted them to do. And my experience as a teacher, understanding Montessori, how to get kids involved in spaces, Reggio, how do we create these incredible light-filled environments? And really the theme of most of my playroom designs today is really about less is more. And I try to apply that to all of my playrooms. So Carrie, given all this, uh, your exciting background and what you're doing now, what are the benefits of running a small business versus being an employee? What are the, some of the ups and downs and small wins? Well, I remember at one point I was teaching at a private school in Greenwich and I had two young children and it was required that I was at the job from seven to five. And it really killed me that I wasn't there in the morning for my own children. I wasn't there when they got home from school. I wasn't there to take them to school or even drop them off at any point during that day. So I think one of the benefits for me was that I really was able to take control and to balance my life with what my own priorities were. And for me, my priorities have always been being incredible hands-on mother. I really wanted to be the one to create like successful routines for my kids and really to be there to hear about their day. But I also really wanted to pursue what I really love, which at this point was getting into playroom organization design and having my own business and my own rules really allowed me to have that flexibility, flexibility, which I just loved. I think some of the ups and downs of a small business is tough. I feel like, and I'm sure anyone who has a small business, you know, you're really on 24 seven nowadays, and I can spend all weekend, all night, you know, I get up really early in the morning, I could spend all day working on some part of the business or responding to people. And, and that is, the hardest thing I think with social media, the way that people can contact us at any hour and trying to get back to that. But for me, the win again is having that balance. I love meeting with families. I love what I do. So for me, whether I work on the weekends or work on my own time, it still is me choosing that time. So for me, it is a win-win running my own business at this point. Carrie, it's so it's so exciting, especially in these times where small businesses are, are technically the future of our economy and really are helping um, individuals. And I, I read this really great statistic um, that if women-owned businesses were around, we could almost employ everybody in America. So I, I picked that up at Forbes, and I think that that's really true. So, and I love some of the things that you're emphasizing about playrooms in your experience, because when we go back to our C-suite data set 
one of the key things we have discovered is that empathy and listening are really key to running a small business. And I do know that with your background as a teacher, you're an incredible listener and you're very empathetic. So to that end, what is the favorite part of your job? What are you best at and worst at? I think for me, the favorite part of my job is the same sort of reason why I went into teaching is that I really love knowing that I'm making a difference in a child's life by how I create these environments. I think parents really look to me kind of as a consultant too. They love listening to me about why I'm setting certain things up and why I'm recommending this for their kids and why we're not going to do that for them. So having that connection and that ability to still teach um, for me, I think is incredible that I could change my job, but still do what I love. And I think what you said, that it's also something that I am just innately good at. I think, like you said, listening, I mean, I think for anyone that is doing anything, obviously with our own kids, listening is so important. And I think having when children know that their voices are sort of being heard and they're being acknowledged and it doesn't mean we need to agree with them on everything but they do need to be heard um and i think when we do that it's incredible how kids feel so empowered and powerful and no matter what that you know no matter what they're doing um so that's really what i love i find that my skill as a listener is interesting what you were saying i think it's one of the key things in any sales position and i think also just tapping into the importance of social skills i think sometimes we forget how important those social skills are for whether it's as a person or whether it is management or whether it is some sort of profession that I think if we all were better listeners, it would be just a really (laughs) better place for everybody. So one of the things that I love is listening to parents and learning more about the kids. And then I try to get as much information about their kids as I can. And then I also try to hear about what they are hoping for the playroom. And I'm I feel like I'm good at taking all that information and then really putting it to a plan that is right for their family and their space and really spending the time customizing that. And I think parents really love that it is reflection of their values and their kids and not just, it's not going to be the same for everybody. Um, One of the things, so that I feel like is my strength and what I love. I think one of the things that is an ongoing challenge for me is really Google Docs and Excel sheets and spreadsheets. I find I am still, I went all, I had my calendar and everything on my computer and my phone and, and, and dropped my paper calendar for a while. And I missed two consultations and I said, nope, that's it. I'm going back to paper and pencil. And I now do both. And so I really find that I remember things when I'm writing things down paper to pencil. So I'm old school that way. And therefore, for me to jump into Dropbox, Google Docs, those areas are not my strength. And um, and I'm working hard to improve in that area. <laughs> Carrie, I think you said that so well. I mean, for so many of us, technology can, our own personal technology can be a full-time job because mm-hmm. it so much on a daily basis and just even keeping track of all those passwords feels like a, 
a full-time job, right? Um, but what I wanted to do really quickly is we are just thrilled that you have been featured in Architectural Digest, El Decor, House Beautiful, Pop Sugar. And I wanted to just read a little snippet from Architecture Digest, if that's okay. And it turns out there's good reason for the focus on aesthetics. In addition to Montessori ideas, Davies, who's Karen's Carrie's par partner, and Bowen Poole also follow the Reggio Emilia approach in which environments rich in possibility and experience are central to a student-centered curriculum. In other words, kids need engaging, thought-provoking things to explore in their play areas. So Carrie, given that, um, how incredible that you now own two businesses. How did it happen? What's the difference between them? What are, who are some of your clients? I hear that you have some big celebrities. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, smart, you know, I've been doing smart playrooms for a very long time. And what was happening because I really created the whole thought of educational design in the playroom. I really, it was that middle of the night idea. No one else was doing that. Interior designers really didn't love the playroom because they didn't really understand how to set that up. So what I was finding without really putting any money into marketing is I had this incredible organic growth with my playroom design and found that people could just Google me honestly from all around the world and they would find me through different ways. But sometimes I would just pop up on the first sheet just because I was the only one doing that at that time. So if you put playroom design in, and just my work of posting and like you were saying, you know, focusing on the social media, but in an organic, healthy way really helped my SEO um, in a really positive way. And I realized I really had a niche for that. So I had Dylan Loren and Nikki Hilton both found me on Google. They, it was no one had recommended me. And there's been a couple other, you know, famous sort of celebrities two that have reached out just by finding me on Google, which I think is amazing. And people that were renovating the communal playroom spaces in apartment buildings in New York City, I started to get into that again, just from an organic interest in playroom committee heads kind of finding me on the internet and being like, oh, that's interesting. She really focuses on how the kids play. And it's not just about this beautiful environment but it's actually really focused on that and that that expertise in child development really fueled, I think, the organic growth of my business and made people really appreciate and understand the difference between how I see the space versus someone who has not had any experience in child development. Um, so that's really sort of how it started and how people found me. And I ended up landing a big job at the Manhattan House. I had done quite a few communal play spaces and Nikki Hilton's was one of them. And at that time, she actually didn't have any children. It was before her oldest was born. And I worked with Nikki and another woman to do their communal play space down in NoHo for them. And there were really only one or two other children in the building. Um, and then since then, we've actually gone back to renovate it, really reflecting 
Um, Nikki now is the only one with children in that building and we changed some things out and reorganized and redesigned a little bit to reflect really what she wanted for her kids in that space. Um, the Manhattan House came around and I didn't know, but I was up against two other top designers to get that job. It was a very big budget, which I, again, I didn't know when I put in my proposal, I had to put some preliminary ideas about how, what I would do in the space. And I included, you know, sort of a physical climbing area, sort of a foam pit, also a pretend play area, which I often do. And it's going to be a really cool playhouse. And then also sort of an open building area for the kids, um, which took into account what the building was really looking for. And when I got that job and I got the budget and I they also wanted it to be mid-century modern aesthetic. I realized that I needed to bring in some, an interior designer who really understood that mid-century modern aesthetic and was an expert in interior design. So I reached out to Denise Davies who owns a company called D2 Interiors and Weston. And we had kind of followed each other before on Instagram but we had never met and I just, emailed her and said, I have this job, would you be interested in doing it with me? And she got back to me within 30 minutes, which was amazing. And we met and we had this really instant sort of respect and admiration for each other's expertise. I had been doing smart playrooms for many years and, and she had had D2 interiors for many years. And I think when we listened to each other and understood the other one and how they look at the space, um, we realized that when we were together, like how incredible that was for these higher end sort of more, you know, yeah, higher end aesthetic communal play spaces and residential spaces, what a win-win that could be for everybody involved. So we had joined forces just about a year ago. And it was interesting when the COVID happened, we had a, a lot of jobs just about to take off in New York City, really working together for that communal play space area. When everything came to a grinding halt, we had also talked about possibly setting up some kind of shop for that people could buy some of our favorite playroom products all over. I had received from Smart Playrooms, I got inquiries honestly from Saudi Arabia, Africa, Europe, all over the world people saying, can you come here? Can you do this? I need you to do this. And oh, I, how do I get this? And so I knew there was always an interest for people to use and want to use our Playroom products because what I spent time with over the year, again, going back to sort of Montessori Reggio is really focusing on children's products, but not having it be in sort of ugly, distasteful primary colors. And it took me a long time and a lot of researching the products to bring into people's homes that were one, just aesthetically kind of more pleasing and complementary to the rest of the home. But also as far as from an educational standpoint, they're also soothing and relaxing for the kids. When we create environments that are thoughtfully sort of painted and colored, just like the classroom and kids focus better, they're engaged better, they don't wanna leave the space. Um, and that took me some time. And I think people recognize that they too wanted that. And I had already had relationships with a lot of vendors for these customized materials and colors that were super popular that I use in people's homes. So when COVID hit, 
we switched gears and we thought, okay, we're all home now. What can we do? And we set up a new Shopify site um, called Smart D2 Playrooms, which is we, and we contacted the vendors and the manufacturers that we thought we could, you know, sell their products on there, some of our favorites. And we set up that website, I think in three months during COVID. So the difference is really Smart D2, Smart Playrooms is really me still as a founder. I do all residential proje- projects now. I don't do any of the communal playroom designs by myself because again, I recognize that that really works better when I'm with an interior designer. So, and I also just added a bunch of e-design options on my smart playroom. So I have a number of different consultants that help me with the e-designs or the in-person designs. And um, so that's that. And smart D2 is really focused on the playroom products and selling those. And that's a combination of things that I use in the playroom as well as things that Denise loves. Like she has gotten some artists that she used to create these amazing decals for us. And we have some neon signs that are products that she's used in the past for her playrooms. So we sell that on there. And then that's also for our communal play spaces and also the really high-end residential that again, people that want the aesthetic of an award-winning interior designer with smart playrooms. So that business is really the two of us. Great. So Carrie, I think what is so fascinating is you have done this incredible pivot based mm-hmm. upon our economic times. And I think that for our listeners today, it's such a great case study of how a founder and CEO can go out there and really think about what is the need in the marketplace and change their business. So impressive. And I think what's so interesting is we grew up together in social media and digital media together And we've heard from our data set of C-suite women that success is also about thought leadership, which Mm -hmm. you were doing so well, and that it is critical to be on social media and to be on Google so that people can see how you're addressing an unmet need. So to that end, where do you see yourself in five years? I mean, in five years, I would love, and I, I just to go back a little bit, I love what you said just about sort of being open to change and being able to switch gears. Like you said, I think being an entrepreneur, you, you really have to kind of go with the flow and you don't really know where you're going to go, which is also this question in five years. Someone had given me the advice, like, Carrie, don't be stuck just doing one thing. Always be open to new ideas. If you had asked me five years ago if I was going to have a shop selling all the Playroom products with uh, Denise, I would have said there's no way. Um, so I think being open to change, being open to new opportunities, shifting gears, and um, just keep doing what you love and doing it really well um, is super important. So I'm not sure where I'm going to be in five years because I would love another path to come and maybe change what we're doing. And maybe it's going to be a little bit different. But if we stay on the same path, what I would love is just to continue to grow both businesses, have a as many people as we can that are working with us. And it would be amazing to have right a handful of people just working on Instagram for us. How to make like handfuls of people really working on the right. kind of having tap into like what you were saying, the expertise of other people and having, you know, really to have like a full-time business with everyone there every day, I think would be incredible. 
Carrie, so let's recap the three main things we have learned today. And then you do any ads just to make sure I caught it accurately. So you really want to build your expertise on your background and find your passion and do some personal research about that before you go out to market. Secondly, keep it simple. Love that you have really looked at your business and tried to find the opportunities and then really maximize the resources that you have. And then third, really look for a product niche of where you're satisfying an unmet need. And this is something that also comes from our C-suite executive data set and build on that. And you have been able to do an incredible job with that. Was there any ads that you wanted to mention, Carrie? No, I think that's so good. I love hearing your business and your expertise and your background on that. I think it's great. I think the one thing that I was going to say that, you know, I remember, think it's so important to do what you love. And I think so many people misconstrue that or they say, but hey, I'm not going to be this or that. There, it is old fashioned advice, but I remember when my dad gave me that advice, like you do whatever you want, but do what you love. You're going to love waking up every morning and you're going to be good at it because you love what you do. So I think as parents, let's remember to foster our children's interests and passions and be open to where our kids' interests are and really be there to encourage and support them because I think that is incredibly, or whether it's a teacher, whoever it is going to support that child, it's incredible when we support people and help them to get the, where they want to be with something they love, what can come from that. So I just wanted to say that and just to, again, keep in mind what you love, be open to change and, um, you know, and just take one day at a time and just keep moving forward. And Carrie, how are, will the audience find you? Uh, it's a great question too. So my, and we are on Instagram a lot. I must say that, like you said, Instagram has been an incredibly powerful um, medium for us because it allows us to showcase our designs. And we find that we get so many inquiries through people DMing us. So we have our Instagram handle of Smart Playrooms. And then we also have my sister company, which is Smart D2 Playrooms. And both of those have quite a bit of followers and different information on them. As far as the websites, there's www.smartplayrooms.com. And again, my sister website is www.smartd2playrooms.com. And you can really remember that because the Smart D2 is really a combination of Smart Playrooms and D2 Interiors. And so we sort of combine both businesses with the name. Excellent. Well, Carrie, we so appreciate your time today, your insights from your inspiring career as a mom, teacher, and playroom designer is so helpful to others as they navigate their career game plan and create thought leadership. Meanwhile, thanks to all who are listening to our podcast. Just to recap, Hello Career Guru's mission is to advance the career of all women, no matter what age, background, income, geography, or race. Be sure to follow us on social media at Hello Career Guru and reach us by emailing us at guru at hellocareerguru.com. Love any suggestions or questions for our future guru salons. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day, everyone.